0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 31 of the Paid to Be Me podcast. The podcast empowers you to create a lifestyle and business that is authentic, fun, and highly profitable. My guest today is Jake Kelfer. Jake is a lifestyle entrepreneur, life elevator, and coach to rising entrepreneurs and leaders. He's a best-selling author of the books Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network as well as a high-energy motivational speaker on a mission to inspire millions of people to achieve personal success and happiness. Jake is also the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which helps NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro ball into their reality. In this episode, Jake and I talk about getting clear on your bigger purpose, how vital relationships are to business success, and how to get started as a speaker even in these uncertain times. As always, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot you've decided to spend your time with us, and I'm incredibly excited to share this episode with you. Jake, my friend, welcome to the show.
1: Hayden, thanks so much for having me, dude. I'm pumped to to dive in. I think we're going to have a good one.
0: I agree. I've been looking forward to this interview very much. So,
1: um, how have you been, man? What's been going on for you recently? Dude, I've been, I've been good. I've been good. I know we we're talking a little bit beforehand, but came back from the dentist. No cavities, which is always a W. And a you know, I, you got to have these small wins, right? So, so these past few weeks, it for me has been. Uh, I was traveling for work for the first time. Went to Ohio, and now I've been back and just getting back into my routine, adjusting my routine figuring out, you know, the next phase and how to continue to grow and, and as I like to say, elevate. So, um, it's been, it's been a fun couple of weeks.
0: That's awesome, man. Where are you? Where did you go in Ohio out of curiosity?
1: I was in Columbus, Ohio, but I did not get to explore. I did not get to do anything because we were in a super strict bubble. So I Mm. spent 98% of my three weeks there in a single hotel room. Um, working and oh, no. focused. The only time I left the hotel was to go to the arena for the basketball games. That was it. But other than that, I was in a hotel room in a hotel. It was it was insane, dude.
0: Dang, man, you missed out. I'm from Columbus originally. Yeah, and Columbus is uh, not necessarily a diamond in the rough anymore. It's getting more uh, visibility, but um, Columbus is a dope city. The fun fact that I like to share about Columbus, I don't know if you knew this, but Columbus is the third largest fashion capital in the U.S. behind L.A. and New York.
1: I would have never guessed that if you gave me a hundred <laughs> Nobody ever guesses. does. So. <laughs> that is, that, see, that's a good fun fact. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's a good one. Unexpected yeah. and also good to know.
0: Yeah, man. Well, when you go back and you visit, you'll have to let me know you know, yeah. your full thoughts on the on the city. Um, sure. But super pumped to have you here, man. I gave the folks a bit of an introduction to who you are in the intro to the show, but um, I'd love to hear from you directly. Like, what all are you up to?
1: Yeah, dude. So, I mean, a little a little about me and in the, in the backstory is, is I come from an amazing family, blessed to have two incredible parents and a younger brother. Uh, I had unbelievable support growing up, which I think for me, Um, as I do what I do now as a speaker, author, business coach, sports entrepreneur, um, a lot of that goes back to my childhood thinking about how my parents raised me to try regardless if I was going to succeed or not. Right. My parents always wanted me to do well in school, but if I tried my best and I didn't get the best grade, it didn't matter. So it, Mm -hmm. it not only taught me to try for bigger things than other people thought were possible, but it also taught me to have expectations for myself and how to be internally motivated achieve what I want to do. So a little bit knowing that background is I've always liked to solve problems, figure things out, and I've always liked to, to test the status quo. And so over the last five years since, uh, since I finished college, I've built out uh, a couple of different businesses ranging from a speaking and, and book writing business to a secondary NBA draft combine. And now my main focus is helping entrepreneurs and freedom seekers create the life of their dreams through building a business.
0: That's so awesome, man. Um, and I totally feel you on the childhood thing. Um, you know, I think it's so interesting that so much of our lives is predicated on the childhood that we have, um, you know, not forever, but, you know, who we are as adults, I think mostly comes from the experiences that we, that we had as children. Um, and I'd be curious for you from an entrepreneurship perspective, like where did that spark or that interest start for you?
1: Well, so I think, I think it goes again back to my parents because my dad's been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never known, he's never worked for somebody since I've been alive, um, which has been incredible. To see his work ethic and the way he's been able to, to be successful, to me, is one of the most beautiful things I've seen. And, I, and I'll tell you a story about him in just a second, but it also, like, I don't want to discount my mom because my mom, while she's a graduate school professor at USC in school of social work, she also had her own clinical psychology practice. So she always had her own practice and she built that business up as well. So I was surrounded by two parents who were able to control their schedule, were responsible for bringing in their own type of money versus just having a general paycheck every single week or every other week. right? And one of the things that, that I always think about when, when I look at success as a whole, Um, is my dad made it to every single sporting event that I played in from the time I was like five years old till my last high school basketball game. And that's one of the most powerful things that's ever happened to me because Mm. could he have made a ton more money by not going to every single practice, every, you know, all these things, of course. But he wanted to be a great dad. And for me, that being one of my biggest ambitions in life, eventually, I don't have a wife Mm -hmm. or kids right now, but (laughs) eventually I will. And, And that to me is like, one of the greatest lessons I've learned because it's also so different than what a lot of entrepreneurs or just a lot of people in general think success really is. And so for me, it's, it's broadened my, my scope of how do we achieve success in this life and how do we pursue that relentlessly while also though finding time to enjoy whatever we feel matters in this world. And mm-hmm. so both my parents, when you talk about the entrepreneurial journey and how that kind of came to be, it was seeing them and, and, and replicating what they did in various different avenues Growing up, um, which led to me Mm -hmm. to starting my first business in high school, and then my first official business in college, and then post college, and you know, it just kind of that that cyclical motion. Because once you start, everything starts to happen.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, Um, especially with what you shared around success. It's a huge part of the work that I do as a coach is supporting people and realizing you can have it all. Like it, it is actually it is actually possible to have everything that you want, and it requires a level of self. Uh, well, it requires a level of introspection and it requires a um, level of willingness to have the difficult conversations, take a look at how you're getting in your own way, how you might be inhibiting the things that you most want in life mm-hmm. and being willing to go against the grain, um, yeah. which is a scary thing. <laughs> like it's a scary thing to go against the grain um, and to to go after, you know, the the things that you most want to create. Um, for you, as you've gone through this journey in starting different types of businesses and getting involved in different industries, different business models, as an entrepreneur, like how have you taken a look at how you're getting in your own way or set a different way? Like, what are the practices that you take on to continue that inner work?
1: So, when I was and I think this is a deep question that a lot of us need to ask ourselves more frequently, right? Because sometimes we get caught up, we get caught up in the motions, or we get caught up in where we're trying to go, that we forget where we're trying to be or where we really are. And so for me, you know, there was a time. It was right after I'd written my first book. I just gone on my first Euro trip. I had just moved into my first apartment. I was like, "This is amazing." And those next couple of months, when when it went from that summertime moving date to that that wintertime was actually probably some of like the most like, self-doubt months that I've ever had. And the reason for that was because I started to compare and, and feel guilty about the work that I was doing in the sense of this. I started to compare what I was doing as a, as a startup entrepreneur, right? Really trying to get things off the ground with what other people were posting on social media, seeing their vacations that they were on, seeing the highlight reel, and I fell into that trap. And so I started to question, is this path worth it? right? I'm mm, eating, mm. you know, the, the, the basic <laughs> foods trying to just get by because now I got my rent to yeah. pay, which, which, and I didn't know where the next check was always going to come. And I also didn't oh. understand entrepreneurial finances, right? Because yeah. that's a whole nother thing. When you're not getting paid consistently, you have to plan a little differently or understand the process. And then I also started feeling guilty. If I wasn't working, I was feeling guilty because I didn't necessarily have money coming in again, going back to that money principle. And so I had this guilt and this comparison, which was dragging me down. And so I think for me, I had to have this question of realizing like, hold on, success isn't what I see people posting about success isn't doing all these things, success is about me pursuing whatever I want in life and going all in on that success is creating freedom in my life. I've built a life now, even at that time where I was like, I have the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, right? And that to me was like, unbelievable. And so I started Mm -hmm. to remind myself of like, why was I doing this? I started to ask myself, like, who is the person that I want to become? I started really focusing on my gratitude and I started putting into these practices and routines that really started to, to, to take me out of that. And, you know, as I, as I look back on those moments, I'm so grateful that I experienced that because now I can look back and feel myself. Anytime I go into a rut, I know how to pull myself out. And that's by doing the same type of principles, getting the routine, having the small wins, right? Like I mentioned the dentist earlier, like that, that's such a small thing. No one ever think of that as like a win, but that's how you can make a, an average day good or a good day great mm-hmm. or a bad day you know, tolerable, right? Because we're all going to have that experience. So for me, you know, I've had to have these conversations and I, I have to do continuous check-ins because mm-hmm. otherwise we're just going to go in circles. And I'm mm-hmm. all about moving forward as fast as possible. But mm-hmm. you can't move forward as fast as possible if you don't slow down to, to know yourself, which is why I say mm-hmm. the relationship with yourself is the most important one you can have.
0: Dude, there are so many things in what you just shared that I want to comment on. I, was, I so agree with all of it. Um, the but w- you know what I really wanted to say was like that's hard. Or that's like hard-fought knowledge that that you've earned, and I think that that is sometimes the difficult thing about entrepreneurship, and it's also the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship because ultimately it's either working or it's not. <laughs> like there's no like you can't fake it. It's either working or it isn't. Um, and in order to get it to a place where it does work. Yes, you need to do the strategy work and yes, you need to understand, you know, how do you create an offering that's attractive and how do you price it correctly and that sort of stuff. But you also got to get really clear on from a gratitude perspective, from a well-being perspective, from an internal monologue perspective. How do you get responsible for those things that so that those are no longer the things that are getting in the way for you? Um, And I think a big part of that Conversation in like not quitting is being clear on, hey, where am I actually headed? Or, you know, what is that person that I want to become? What is my North Star? Um, and so, for you, you know, as you're going through these early stages of um, figuring out how to create a sustainable business, how to scale it, how to grow it, like what was that North Star for you? Or what was that thing that you felt like you were headed towards that kept you going?
1: I just wanted it. Like, like simply put, I wanted it. And I wanted that freedom, right? Like I, I wanted to say that I did it like that. I could do it right. Because I also didn't want to work for anybody else. So the combination of me wanting to be able to do whatever I want and have unlimited freedom, while also not having to work for somebody else, that was big enough of a reason to, to get me going. And I just tend to have an ambitious personality. So once I get rolling, it's like, I go all in and I'm, I'm going to keep going until it happens. Now, also, I would say on top of that, though, is I want to take care of my family, right? I want to retire my parents or let them do whatever they want. I want to buy my mom a car. You know, my parents don't want a new house, but if I could, I would buy them a new house, right? And, and I also think about the future, right? And for me, and I mentioned it a little sec- a couple minutes ago, is like for me, one of my biggest things in life is going to be being a dad. Like that to me is, is the pinnacle for me because of what I had as my parents. And I know that the work I put in now is going to help create the life that I'm going to have in my future to take care of my wife, take care of my kids, and be able to provide for them. So for me, that's one of my big reasons of why I do what I do. And, you know, when you have this why and you have this, this reason that keeps you going, it can help you push yourself to a new limit that you didn't even know you were capable of heading towards.
0: Mhm totally. And for those of the folks that are listening who might be struggling with figuring that out or getting clear on like hey like what is the why, you know what is the what for in this? Um you know what advice would you have for them or what would you tell someone who is struggling to figure out what that direction was?
1: Well, when you when you have when you're trying to figure out the direction, I mean one of the biggest challenges, I'm sure you see this all the time in your business, people Maybe think they're clear, but they're really not clear. Or people may have no idea where they really want to go. And part of that is because we haven't evaluated where we actually are. We haven't had that real honest conversation of of where are we? Because we often think we're in a different place than where we really are, because we don't want to believe where we're actually at, because it's not exactly where we want to go to, right? And so we need Mm -hmm. to close this performance gap. And we need to get honest about where we are. And we need to get honest about where we're going. Now, if you don't know where you're going, you need to identify the things that you want to have. You need to have the desires. You need to figure out all of the things, right? And you can write down any desire you want in the world, right? There's no limitation on what you're capable of when you start your own business. The only limitations are what you believe is possible, right? And we see mm-hmm. this time and time over again. And so what you have to do is write down all the desires. And then you have to say, well, okay, I want to have a business where I can work two days a week and travel all over the world whenever I want to, okay? Well, what are you going to need to do to get there? And this is where a lot of problems come into play when we talk about going from here to here and closing that gap is we think maybe, okay, I know I want to end up somewhere big time, but you don't define that clearly. So we have to define that. And that's based off what are you interested, what you're passionate about, where can you make money, right? And where are people going to buy from you? But then you also have to factor out, well, what are the actual action steps? And the minute you take that first action, the path becomes more and more clear because actions lead to results. And those results allow us to create feedback and thought process. But if we just continue to speculate of what could be, we'll never have what we actually want or desire to Mm -hmm. achieve.
0: Totally. It's, um, you know, so interesting what you're saying about um, people who aren't clear on their why. One, I find that the vast majority of people, even the vast majority of entrepreneurs aren't super clear about like, yo, what is it exactly that I'm up to? What is it I want to create in this business? And, you know, with the things that I want. And a lot of times, you know, the people that I'm working with are um, folks who feel stuck. They feel like they're unclear as to, hey, what is that thing that I actually want? And it's so interesting because what I have found over time is that it's actually not about having more, more information. It's actually not about like, oh, I need to go out and do more research and figure out what it is. It's actually about shifting your relationship to your own desires and shifting your relationship to your own wants and needs. Because we could go through a huge long list of do you want this or this, this or this, this or this. And at the end, we'll have a very clear picture about what you want your life to look like. And so it's there, it's just more a conversation about what's in the way of that, which is usually like people not thinking that they're worthy of the things that they want or thinking that the things that they want are stupid or are possible or, you know, whatever it is. Um, In addition to, you know, what you shared around getting clear on like the big what for the big like, hey, what's that kind of like monster vision that you have for yourself and realizing that it's not going to happen all at once. You're not going to go from A to Z. It's actually going to be a process of going from A to B, B to C, you know, and so on and so on.
1: And that's, you know, when when I when we bring up defining success, I think this is one of those those key moments in your life when you can find clarity. Because success to you is independent of what success is to me. Mm -hmm. Also, my chapter one is maybe your chapter 12. We aren't even reading the same genre of books at that point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Like it's we're in a completely different stage. And so the important thing to note for people is, take a second to reflect on the seven buckets, right? You know, seven buckets are relationships, personal, professional, career, financial, physical health, emotional health, charitable and financial success, right? And if you label out what you're trying to achieve, what you desire in those things, you'll be able to then break it down a little bit more. Because a lot of times you think you have to have all of the buckets filled up to the very brim, very top, overflowing. When in reality, some people, you may wanna start a business to make three grand a month. Other people may wanna make 100 grand a month. That's going to require a different journey. That's going to require a different mindset. That's gonna require different actions. But when you break it down, you become more clear so you remove the comparison. You also become more clear so you can remove the guilt of not doing or doing too much. And you can Mm -hmm. start to have freedom to make the choices because now you have more time to focus on the things that are actually going to get you to that definition of success.
0: Totally. Yeah. I know one of the things that's really important for you in the business and life that you're creating is doing the things that you're passionate about and specifically about sports. And I know a big part of your work now is running the professional basketball combine. And um, I'm actually just super curious because I'm a little bit uh, ignorant around sports generally, but I'd love to hear like, how did that start? How did that come about? Like, what's what's, what's that journey actually been like in building that?
1: So the professional basketball combine. Just so you know, and and, and the listeners understand what it is, is, is a combine is an opportunity to get noticed by NBA executives, NBA scouts, uh, and hopefully to raise your draft stock to ultimately sign a professional contract. That's in a nutshell what a combine does. And the way you do that is by having scrimmages, by physically testing their their vertical jumping, their lateral movement, their speed, their agility, all these types of things, and then doing interviews as well. So when we started this event. The whole premise of it, and there's kind of a couple parts here, but the whole premise of the idea was the NBA was just announcing that there was 60 new spots, essentially, for a new contract called the two-way contract. And our goal was to be able to put on a secondary event because that we knew there needed to be a place for more players to be seen. The NBA had their event, but those were for the draft picks. Where was the event that was going to fill in the rest of these spots? Where was the event that was giving these guys more opportunity and more exposure? It didn't exist. So we created it. And the reason that I wanted to be so involved and why I wanted to really create this was one, most, first and foremost was to help these guys because I thought I wanted to be an agent and the best agents are the ones that take care of their players and give them more opportunities. So I was like, this is a great way to to build that and to execute on why I believe I want to be an agent. But then I also realized that while we were creating this event, I was like, you know what? Hmm." And the 23 year old that's starting this event, I'm going to be one of the only people to know every NBA team, to know 100 agents, to know a bunch of the national basketball mm-hmm. media. That puts me in a great position for potential future opportunities. Well, once the event started, we ended up having 23 guys our first year. All of them signed contracts. Nine of them ended up on those prestigious two-way deals. One of them won the G League Rookie of the Year. And then it just became something where I realized like that was what I was excited about, more so than being an agent was the idea of being able to put this platform on, to be able to put on the event, to have people come together, to bring on a team of 20 interns and give these people up and coming opportunities, to be able to make this against a super conglomerate corporate event, right? Because the first year, we had one staff member that wasn't in their 20s. Every, mm-hmm. Everybody else was in their 20s or younger in college and, and everything. Because I was like, you know what? I want to give people a chance to have the passion and the love for the game because what we do is we take people to the next level. That's just what the event is. For the players, it's to get them to the draft. For the interns, it's to get them their next job. For me, it was to, it was to be able to do something that I was passionate about, that I love doing, to see results. And so that kind of led into what the PBC became all about, which is just helping people get to the next level. And now, three years later, we've had 70-plus players come through, sign contracts in 31 countries across the globe. We've had great relationships made. We've started a program to help people get jobs in sports. So they come to the event. We've helped interns get jobs, get into law school, get into all these different things. And it's all because we took an idea, we ran with it, it solved the problem. We had a niche, created the right offer. We put it into practice. And it was a way for us to do that while also having a great time. Because there's Mm. no point of going after the greatest ambition if you're not going to enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah, that's super... um important. Like if you're not going to enjoy it, there's no reason to do it. Do um, you know uh, Mark Manson? He wrote the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. So one of, the, one of the chapters in that book that just really resonated with me was he was talking about how he really wanted to become a rock star. Like when he was much younger, he had a dream of becoming a rock star, but he hated practicing <laughs> so it's this whole idea of like, man, you gotta pick the thing that you like doing. Even even, you know, the 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 smaller work that leads up to the you know, the big payoff where you have so many people who get signed and um you know, you get this kind of recognition and and that sort of thing. Um, I'd be curious for you too, like You know, you think about putting something on like that, and maybe it's because I'm not super familiar with, um, you know, sports or the industry, but like when you think about pulling off an event or something of that nature, how did you walk through the preliminary steps of taking a look at like, hey, this is what it's going to take to pull this event off. And then also from a partnership perspective, how did you start to build the right relationships and the right team so that you could actually execute on the vision that you had?
1: <laughs> to, to be honest, man, we did not, Me I mean, specifically, I did not have the answers before I started, which yeah. was one of the big, biggest blessings, to be honest, mm-hmm. for this event. Um, because had I known what we were trying to do, and had I known what some of the people were going to say about what we were trying to do, I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know if I would have done it to be straight up. Yeah. But, yeah. but I was a young person, and I'm still a young person, but I was like so young. I was a year and a half out of college, and I was like, let's go big, dude. Like, let's, <laughs> let's do something that just challenges everything. Like, let's see what we can do. And mm-hmm. luckily, I, I had some great relationships that I'd already started building right throughout this time. And I was able to leverage those relationships into getting the facility. So an agent I knew helped me lock down the facility. Um, I self-funded the whole thing. And, and part of that was like, this is a huge gamble, but how are you going to get further if you don't take the gamble? If you can't bet on mm-hmm. yourself, how can, you, how can you win the ultimate game on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of just, just went in and I learned as I go. I learned as I went. I asked questions. And that's one of the biggest things that you can do when you're building relationships or when you're trying to build a business, or when you're trying to do anything is you've got to ask questions, but not just ask questions for the sake of getting an answer. You've got to ask the right questions to get the right answers because mm-hmm. more times than not, what we think is what we need to do may not actually be what we have to do. Mm-hmm. It's, we actually need to ask the question and people that have done it before us can teach us what the right answer really is. And so for me, I spent that first year as we prepared for the first year, it was all about connecting the dots. And once I built the relationship, I wanted to figure out, okay, how can I help them? What can I, can I get them a VIP pass? How can we give them access? Can we, you know, offer a certain discount? Can we do certain things, right? And I had to come up with all these different ways to connect the dots that would lead to the next introduction that would lead to the next one. Um, and, and, you know, I just kept listening to what people wanted and we kept executing on that front. And when, it, when it all came down to it, at the end of it, it was, all we were trying to do is execute the event. There were no bells and whistles. There was nothing sexy about it the first year. All we wanted to do was say, hey, this is a concept that works and produces results. We can add all the sexiness to it after. But that's what we Mm. needed to do in this first year. And that's what we executed on. And Mm. it turned out to be all right.
0: That's brilliant, man. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I really loved what you were sharing around, you know, this whole idea of connecting the dots. It makes me think about this idea of like a, a node in a network and you've got all these other nodes and, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are the central node. So you're looking at how do I make connections and more importantly, how do I make connections that serve people um, so that everyone's winning in the course of me going out and creating this thing. And I think what can happen sometimes with solopreneurs or people who run smaller businesses is it's kind of this idea of like, I'm by myself, I'm alone, and I need to sell um, versus I need to build relationships with people. And by building relationships and by being super focused on service, whether that's with your product or not, trusting that that will bring about the financial results, the success, the client that you're, you know, that you're actually looking for?
1: Yeah, dude, you're, you're in the business of people. That's, that's it. At the end of the day, if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. If you don't have mm-hmm. partners, you can't execute your fulfillments, right? If you are not focused on the people, the who of the business, you will never be able to sell the what of the, of the business, right? You'll never figure out the how. The people are what drives everything in the business, right? And so, I always think about it. Um, and I always think about it and always tell people, you got to think of it from the lens of being a connector. The best connectors are the most successful people. That's just the truth. You can look at the studies, right? The people that are able to infiltrate and get into different circles are oftentimes not only able to succeed themselves, but they're able to have more fun. They're able to have more freedom and they're able to bring other people more wins, which leads me to this concept that I've kind of like developed is like, we hear about the win win relationship, right? Win for Mm -hmm. you, win for me. That's, that's great but I'm all about the triple win, baby. I'm mm-hmm. all about the triple win, the win for you, the win for me, and the win for the people that are inspired because of what we're doing. So for mm-hmm. example, right, whenever you're in a business deal or you're, or you're working with someone, is like a win for me right now, I get to be on this podcast with you and get exposed to a new audience. The win for you is hopefully I'm coming on here, I'm bringing incredible value to your audience. The win for your audience is they get a new person and likely they're gonna be able to take an action after today that's going to mm-hmm. be able to move them closer to their definition of success. Now we're all winning. And when you focused on creating these win-win-wins in this environment where everybody can win in positive competition and and, and healthy environments, well, now you can start to move forward and make the progress that you want and have more fun doing it. And that's the name of the game.
0: Yeah. It's like, who doesn't want to be connected to someone like that? (laughs) You know, it's like, who doesn't want to be involved in a business like that? Um, And I love that so much. You know, I think a big part of why I'm doing the work that I'm doing, and I would imagine that this is probably true for you too, is shifting the paradigm of how business is done and shifting the paradigm of what it means to be in business. Because I think so often the prevailing dogma is, it's all about the money. It's all about, hey, you know, end end of the day, it's about the bottom line, which is, it is in a sense. And at the same time, I think that there is a level of impact, consciousness, community, awareness, responsibility that can also be taken on in pursuit of a financial end or, uh, you know, a financial goal. Um, And I think that aligns really well with exactly what you're talking about. Like, how do we create these win-win-wins for you, the person you're doing business with and the community at large?
1: 100%, 100%. That's, that's where the winners play.
0: Love that, man. So I know a big part of your business and the stuff that you're up to now is also speaking. Like, how did you, how did you get involved in that?
1: So when I graduated college, went to work for the Los Angeles Lakers. Was a, great, was a great experience for me. Now it was also Kobe Bryant's final NBA season. And as a Laker fan growing up, I mean, Hayden, let me put this in perspective for you and everyone that's listening <laughs> yeah. here. We had a room in my house that I grew up in my parents' home. It was called the Lakers room okay it was painted purple and gold on the wall there's memorabilia everywhere the ceiling the wall i mean in the tv stand everywhere to be able to be offered a job to work for the lakers upon my graduation it didn't matter what else i was going to do in my life that was going to be what i did for the first year when i graduated college picked that job moved home moved home didn't even get a move to to where all my friends were moving because i was like this is an opportunity once in a lifetime opportunity and i had a feeling kobe was going to retire during that season though during that season, um, I learned a lot. I had a lot of great experiences, but that's when I started writing my first book. And so when Kobe retired, I retired and I launched my first book called Elevate Beyond, which is all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion. Well, once I had that book out, people started to say, well, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do with that? And I was like, just keep telling people about the book. Like, I didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't have an audience. I didn't have an email list. I just had a message and something that was a proven concept that produced results for other people. And they said, well, have you, you, you could be a speaker. They're like, you're great with crowds. You're great with people. You're great on camera. I was like, a speaker? Okay, that sounds good. And they said, they said, you know, you can make a living doing that, right? And I was like, wait, you're telling me I can get paid to go on a stage and have people to listen to me and talk to them. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, you can get paid doing that. And I said, okay, I'm a speaker. And so I made a list of every community college. I was in Southern California. I made a list of every community college that I could at the time. I didn't know what I was really speaking on other than my book. And I was just like, you know what? I speak to anybody who's willing to listen. And this was Mm -hmm. one of the biggest mistakes I made, but also one of the greatest learning lessons I've had along the speaking journey. And I said, I'll speak to anybody. I can talk about this topic, this topic, this topic, because I didn't know. And I had this book. The book was my credibility. I literally had reached out to every single community college in any department that I thought might be interested in, and barely any bites. But I did get a couple, and I started practicing, started speaking. And what mm-hmm. I realized was, when it came down to speaking, was it's all about understanding, same in business, right? Who do you speak to? Because if you think you speak to everybody, you really don't speak to anybody at all. So it's about figuring out who is that audience that I wanted to really focus on at that time. And I made a transition. I started focusing on like the youth market, the college market, the high school market, really focusing on students, empowering them as I mm-hmm. built my other businesses. And that was something that once I had the audience, I knew exactly what events to attend. I knew exactly what people to speak. The person that introduced us in the first place is someone I met from that community by going mm-hmm. to so many of the events and learning and meeting all the people. And mm-hmm. when you couple that in with everything now, I've, I've traveled to China to speak. I've traveled all over the United States to speak. Um, and obviously right now I'm not doing much traveling, but it's, it's been a hell of a ride. And it's been so much fun because there's no greater feeling than when you're on stage and you see somebody have that feeling, or somebody hits you up after and they're like, Oh my gosh, like you don't even know how important that was to me in that very moment. And the stories are endless, but it's it's about going back to the concept, right? Of what is success to you? And speaking is a big avenue for me of how I can feel fulfilled in my life. It gives me freedom, it gives me opportunity to to impact people, and that's part of my whole game. And I like to win, as you know. And that's how we help other people win too. So that's, that's been the speaking journey and uh, mm. so fun.
0: I love that, man. Yeah. I, um, that whole notion of like the click when you're uh, speaking and someone, it's like, they get it. You're like, oh, cool. This is the whole reason. <laughs> this is the exact reason, yep. you know, why I'm doing this. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I love that. And for the people who are listening, I imagine that, you know, depending on industry, there is a lot of interest, at least with the folks that I've connected with in learning about like, hey, how 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 do I get involved in that? Like, how does that work? So if you were talking with someone who was potentially interested in speaking, and maybe had some um, uh, confusion or reservations around, hey, you know, do I have anything to talk about? Um, Like, what sorts of things would you would you share with them around that?
1: Well, you always have something to talk about, right? Because you are a person that has had a life experience. And most of speaking, and the best speakers are great storytellers. They're great storytellers because people gravitate towards the emotional appeal of what you're talking about. And when you can combine an incredible story with a powerful, mention, uh, a powerful message that leads to inspiration, that leads to action, you've created a transformation in that, in that person, right? And everybody, whoever's listening to this, you have a story to tell. You've either been through some shit or you've seen some shit, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody here has been through something or done something that has caused their own transformation that has wanted them to get to this point of wanting to be an entrepreneur, a speaker, or just even a little bit better in their daily life. Mm-hmm. Now, what I will say about speaking and is you've got to keep it simple, right? One of the things that I, I wish I would have started in the beginning, and I already told you a little bit about the audience specificity, right? And knowing who I specifically talk to. But it really would be about like, figure out one keynote, which is a 45 to 60 minute speech that you can do, right? In front from a live audience, and then figure out a one workshop that you can do. Have them compliment each other, but that becomes your start, right? Every industry has tons of events. Every industry has tons of events. Every industry has different types of ways to speak. Mm-hmm. What I will also say on top of that, though, is we're in an age where digital stages and virtual stages are almost more powerful. Than a in-person stage, okay? And there's lots of different types of speaking. You can do speaking where you're contracted, right? You can do speaking where you're going and, and speaking as a favor, but you get to make a pitch at the end. You're getting you're doing virtual where you're kind of jumping into an audience, right? We're on a virtual stage right now, getting in front mm. of new people, inspiring new people, changing their changing their thoughts, inspiring their action. But when it comes to it, you know, and if someone wants to really become a speaker, I would say. Keep it simple. Figure out exactly mm-hmm. who you want to talk to, figure out the result that you can provide for them, figure out the keynote and figure out the workshop and then start executing. Find out where do those people live? Because again, going back to us, it's all about the relationships. Go find the event managers, go find the event organizers and don't just pitch yourself, right? Because when we get a spammy ad, it's spam. That's literally mm-hmm. what it is. It's spam. So, build the relationship. It may take you 2 years to get on a specific stage. It may take you 3 years to get on a specific stage, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay because if you really believe in 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 the message that you have to offer, if you really believe that what you're doing can make a difference, and if you really want to be a speaker, well, you'll continue to get better along those ways. And when you finally do get on that stage, you'll have made it in that standpoint, right? But there's a mm-hmm. ton of stages, there's a ton of ways to build your audience, a ton of ways to to get noticed. But that's what I would really say to anyone that's trying to speak that maybe like is hesitant.
0: Mm-hmm. because
1: of whatever their reasons are. Oh, there's, there's no events happening or there's no, no one's going to hire me. I have no credibility. Like, what do I know, right? Or what if I do it in like, I spend six months and I just completely fall on my face, right? These are the common fears that, that a lot of people will have who want to be a speaker, who want to start a business, right? And so really just narrow it down. Who do mm-hmm. you serve? What do you talk about? What is the result you can provide? And how can you go find the people that can make the hiring decisions, right? Right. How can you yeah. find the people? How can you find the people that know the people that make the decisions? Connect mm-hmm. the dots. When you do those things, you make it simple, create your list, take your action steps, voila. You have an on pace to a massive speaking business, my friend.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thanks for sharing, man. It's um, Especially in what you just shared, the thing I wanted to comment on is this idea of everyone has a story to tell. And I think even just the... The willingness to put yourself in a position to talk about what you've gone through and what you are learning and what you are going through in and of itself is enough to uh, be that that is enough value and that is reason enough to. Look into becoming a speaker, speaking more, creating more opportunities for yourself to speak. Um, And also being clear that there are so many different opportunities to make an impact and also get that kind of experience that's not just like, hey, you know, I'm going to be in a a stadium full of 10,000 people. Like there are so many other stages, you know, to your point, and so many other opportunities that people can get involved in to get practice, to make an impact, to, you know, hone their skills. Um, I'd be curious for you too, you know, as a speaker, especially given everything that's going on right now with COVID and quarantine and, you know, that sort of thing. If someone's looking at getting involved in speaking like now, what sorts of um, advice would you give or, you know, how would you um, uh, suggest someone get into speaking just given everything that's going on?
1: I I would think the first, I mean, the first thing that I would tell somebody and what I do tell people is you got to start building the relationships. Okay, well, what relationships am I supposed to build, Jake? I don't know what events are coming back, what events aren't. Well, it goes back to what are you talking about? What is the transformation you're going to provide for your listeners, right? If you can understand that, if you can understand that, you can understand who are the people that you need to be getting in touch with, right? If you want to speak to high schools, well, do you want to speak to leadership groups? Do you want to speak at school assemblies? Do you want to speak to student councils? Who do you want to talk to? Then you need to go find those groups. If you want to speak in the corporate market, okay, what types of companies are you an expert on? Are you an expert in the real estate business? Are you an expert sales trainer? What type of knowledge do you possess that can give somebody that result, right? Because people want to learn from somebody or they want to pay somebody who can solve a problem for them by giving them the greatest solution, right? Mm -hmm. People don't necessarily care of the story. They care about how the story impacts the message that leads to an actual result. And so I would say that. And then I would also say, especially in this time, now is the time where you got to get on and start filming yourself. You need to be active on your social medias. You, it, maybe it's once a week, but you need to be getting on camera and you need to be practicing some stuff and start showcasing what you can do. I can't tell you how many people just randomly find a, a, a completely random video and are like, oh my gosh, by the way, we'd love to hire you for this event. <laughs> you, 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 you never know yeah. where somebody is coming from. You never know what may resonate with someone. But if you never go on camera or if you never put something out in the world, how can you expect anything to come in down? You can't. Mm. Because mm-hmm. if you don't ask, you can't receive, right? And so the, the whole concept is, is, and what I would say, just to kind of loop around this process right now, is really get clear on the stuff that you can control. And the stuff that you really can control is understanding your story, understanding your message, understanding the transformation, understanding the audience you speak to, and building the relationships. Because there are a lot of speakers right now who are no longer going to be speakers when we come out of quarantine, and out of coronavirus, out of COVID because, that was their job and now they need to, you know, they got families or they got, they don't want to travel anymore. They realize how nice it is to not be on Mm -hmm. the road. All these things, there's gonna be a ton less speakers, which Mm -hmm. means there's more opportunity than ever before to build the relationships because when events do start happening, people are going to be craving them and you're Mm going to be right there because you've consistently showed up time and time and time again. Plus, here's the best part about this. When you have the smallest audience and no one even watches your virtual, your virtual talks or your virtual trainings, even if they're 10 minutes, here's the best part. Nobody watches it, mm-hmm. which means you can mess up and suck so bad and no one will ever know. And the best part is if somebody does watch or the right person watch, which is why you build the right relationship so that they will see the right content, then you're providing yourself an opportunity to be solicited, to be found, to be seeked out by mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and it takes practice and you got to build and you got to keep going. But those that persist, those that consistently show up, continue to get the wins.
0: Bingo. Love that, man. Um, You know, a big part of this show is taking a look at the intersection of lifestyle and entrepreneurship business building, creating income producing assets. Uh, and so when you think about your life and the stuff that you're up to, I'd be really curious, like what role does lifestyle play in how you structure your businesses, the businesses that you go after, how you decide what, you know, where you're going to spend your time?
1: I mean, it plays a huge role in it, right? Like, and, and I think for me, I, I always use my North Star as a term you mentioned earlier is based on my definition of success, right? And so for me, you know, I know that that's guiding me to make my decisions. Right. And when I think about when I think about business and my lifestyle, it's like I want to live a life where I can travel whenever I want to. If I want to pick up my bags and go tomorrow, I want to be able to have that opportunity. Right. And maybe not tomorrow, but like next week. Right. Like or whatever outside Mm. of coronavirus, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. I want to have the freedom to be able to do that. I want to be able to not worry about ordering an extra three appetizers and dessert and buy the dinner, buy the round for the table, right? Like there's little things that I've always looked at as seeing them as exciting opportunities. And that's the life I want to live. And so I'll do everything I need to in order to create that lifestyle. Right. And, and what I thought originally, like I originally thought success was about going to be a sports agent making millions of dollars getting uh, getting married buying an island buying a house like just living <laughs> the freaking dream and then coming back and writing the books speaking doing all the things that would help other people but but I realized that like none of that matters except for the life that I want to live in the pursuit of all that. And that's where I get so focused on enjoying every single day and trying to find the win in every single day because then the lifestyle is not passing you by but the lifestyle is exactly what you do. So being an entrepreneur I get to wake up. I get my morning routine. I get to choose that. I get to decide what hours I want to work. And I get to choose, do I want to work 20 hours today? Do I want to work zero hours today? I don't like those two extremes right there, zero and 20. I like to work the way I like to work. And you find that out by practicing it and giving it a shot. And so for me, lifestyle drives kind of my business decisions, right? And I value relationships, as you can tell from everything we've talked about. So I'll spend an hour or two hours a day connecting with people, reconnecting with old friends, um, reactivating dormant ties to see what they're going on and connecting the dots because that's fun for me. Mm -hmm. And it also produces results in business. So I've been able to really focus on on that side of the lifestyle intersection with being an entrepreneur and being a very ambitious entrepreneur, I should say, at that with very, very driven um, personality. Mm-hmm.
0: are you is an island still in the cards for
1: you it could be down the road i, mean, <laughs> I, like, mean, I never really like, gave it any thought but tony robbins has an island so maybe maybe i'll get an island or, or like yeah, maybe dude. make like a five-star resort that, that's always fun i mean like some of my favorite vacations are going to like resorts or like mm-hmm. being in a being in a poolside place or i don't mm-hmm. know so so maybe i'll need to get something like that down the road when i'm when i'm ultra <laughs> ultra mega mega famous and rich
0: yeah Kelfer Island um, <laughs> yeah. come, kick it, um no, but i um. I uh, wanted to comment on what you shared around the well-being piece too, because I think that's incredibly important. And one of the things that I really appreciate about getting further and further into this entrepreneurial journey, and it was so funny because when I first became an entrepreneur, I went and I moved into a house with a couple of roommates. And one of the roommates was a uh, had been an entrepreneur for a couple of years already. And I remember him very distinctly sharing with me, he was like, you know, when you become a business owner, you kind of start to become superhuman because you start to look at like, what are all the things that I need to do to best take care of myself so that I can operate at, you know, the most optimal level possible. Um, and it's been a really fun part of that journey And that process is looking at like, what do I need to do from a structural perspective, from a routine perspective, from a sleep perspective, health perspective, physical health perspective, you know, you know, all those pieces, and then starting to take a look at in the person that I want to become the leader that I want to become the business owner that I want to become, what are those structures that I need to start to put into place now so that, you know, two years from now, five years from now, now, 10 years from now, I'm operating, you know, at my best and brightest um, in a, in a totally uh, different way. And I can do that sustainably.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, I think, I think you said it beautifully just there uh, again, right? Is like, you gotta, you gotta just take a second to, to, to live, right? You Mm. gotta take a second to, to breathe. And we're in a time where there's information available from so many people right now, right? Like, you know how important sleep is So why aren't you going to get sleep, right? Like, you know how important or the benefits, at least, of gratitude, the benefits of meditation, the benefits of eating healthy, the benefits of all these things. Now, you're not, you're not going to say you're going to become a robot and do every single thing that everyone's going to have, but experiment and try and see what you like, see what you don't like, see what helps you perform better. And when you can start to do that, then you, then you become that systematic person that becomes the identity that you've wanted to create for as long as you can remember. Because mm-hmm. when you're an entrepreneur, you're the CEO of your life. You are El Capitan. There's nobody telling you if what you're doing is right or wrong. Most people, even if they are telling you if it's right or wrong, have no freaking idea what they're <laughs> actually telling you to be doing, yeah. right? And so it's so important to identify, like, make, you're making your own decisions. You're in complete control of everything. And a lot of times when people are starting their business and trying to get to that six figure mark, they try to do every single thing that comes in or every single idea. And it's like, hold on. You're telling me if I can slow down and just kind of focus on this one thing for a full year, I'm going to have more progress and trying to implement all these new things as new knowledge comes in. I'm like, yeah, you are. Mm. And that's going to suit the lifestyle you want to live more mm. so than suiting the lifestyle you think you have to live. Because mm. that's a huge distinction in terms of our happiness versus in terms of potential burnout and giving up on the journey before you start to see the results.
0: Love that, man. What's, um, what's next for you?
1: Oh, baby. What's next for me, man? There's, there's always something next. But for me right now, it's, it's really building out our, our group coaching program called Elite Elevation, uh, Business by Connection, where we help entrepreneurs and, and freedom seekers be able to create more freedom, create raving fans, and create uh, epic life experiences through the power of building a world-class network. So it's all about helping people scale their businesses through the power of, uh, of a network and, and those relationships. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer the right relationships will take your business to greatest heights while having the most enjoyment. That's a fact. Mm. 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 By me, I'm saying that. that's a fact. Don't yeah. know if it's actually a fact, but that's a true fact. In it's this, a fact. In, in the Jay Kelfer <laughs> world of elevation, that is a fact.
0: I love it. So business mastermind and then Kelfer Island eventually.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll have the mastermind on Kelfer Island. Yeah, And you'll, you'll be invited. We'll do another podcast episode on the island. Perfect. Because we'll have, and we'll play the clip from, from when we did this interview to, to highlight, look what's possible.
0: Love it. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. It has been an absolute pleasure yeah. uh, having you on. Where can folks find you online?
1: The best place to find me is um, I'm hot on Instagram right now. I love Instagram. It's at Jake Kelfer, which is just my name. You can also go to my website, jakekelfer.com. And uh, for all of your listeners, if anyone enjoyed and wants to learn more about relationships, everybody can grab a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network. All you got to do is just pay the, the shipping costs, but the book is entirely free for you guys. And if you want to learn more about the techniques that we've used in our businesses and some cool stories, that will be a great welcome. Um, and you'll be able to take your first trip, as I like to say, to the Elevation Station. So, um, And you can get that on my website or on my Instagram at the link in the bio.
0: Brilliant. Uh, And what is a parting piece of wisdom that you would have for folks to build bigger, better businesses?
1: The only shortcut, a quote from my dad, the only shortcut in life is to start now. Because the Mm. longer you wait, the more time will swing by and you will never get your time back. So start today and build because great things happen when you start to take action. Oh, I love that so much.
0: It's so funny. You know, a lot of the work that I do with people, like I mentioned earlier, is about creating clarity on what do I want for myself? And it's so interesting because so often people avoid taking action because they're unclear or they don't know. And it's ultimately, (laughs) clarity is a byproduct of action. And uh, clarity is a, yeah, is a byproduct of being in action. So I love that, man. Thanks for sharing that. because it
1: cannot be perfect. At any point, you will never be perfect. There will never be the right time. The only time, right now. Put you on your podcast headphones and let's go. Let's do it. Let's go.
0: And I love to end these shows with acknowledgement. So Jake, are you open to me acknowledging you? Absolutely. Cool. Um, Jake, the first thing that comes to mind for me with you is like thanks for your energy and your charisma. Like it's just infectious. And I get that it's just such a core part of who you are and you know why I would imagine that you've had so much success in the way that you've had and you've made the impact that you have um like it's just who you are authentically so thanks for bringing that and thanks for just like showing up 100% real all of the time everywhere um thanks for your commitment i don't know if this is going to make sense but like commitment to commitment <laughs> like your commitment to dedication like i i totally get like for you it's it's not a question of quitting it's not a question of stopping it's not a question of um it's not going to happen it's just a question of when um like for you it's it's a uh, ultimately the the commitment in and of itself is the thing that's going to bring the results so thanks for being a leader in that sense and like thanks for setting an example there cuz you know, it, especially in business, it's like you can get so caught up in the strategy and the tools and the tactics and all that kind of stuff, when ultimately, what it boils down to is, how long are you willing to hang on? That is, that is the name of the game, is how long are you willing to hang on? Um, so thanks for like hanging on for, for dear life, man. It's, it's so cool to watch you continue to um, grow. Um, thanks for being a leader. Thanks for being so committed to service. Thanks for like elevating people and having that be a really core part of your brand because I think the world needs more of it. Um, and thanks for your resiliency. And thanks for being super honest about where you've fallen down or what hasn't worked and your willingness to get back up and, and uh, keep going. Um, and thanks so much for being on this show, man. It was an absolute pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in.
0: If you enjoyed this show and want to stay up to date on new episodes or other special offers I'd invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and if there's ever anything I can do to support you please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know see you next time